Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. Hello, love. Welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. How are you on this fantastic day? I hope wherever you are, you're able to take a moment to pause, to breathe, to create awareness around where you are, who you are being, and all of the finer points of our existence that we often overlook. Because when we move at the pace that we're moving at, which is so, so fast these days, we tend to miss the subtleties. We tend to not feel it or sense it or notice it at all. So because we are in self-awareness August, take some time now just to create some awareness in the breath, in how you are feeling in this moment. Ready? Inhale and exhale. Okay. So we are on the final installation of this five-part series on creating more awareness for ourselves. And this um, final theme is called creating uh, or planting, planting seeds. All right, but first we're gonna consult our trusty Oracle deck for the message that we need to receive today because we have grounded, we have been opened, we allow and soften and I don't have traction on my finger to pull a card. Here we go. <laughs> and this, ooh, this is, what a pretty card. Um, this is called Starkeeper. And the subheading is Cosmic Ancestor Seed the Light by Staying Grounded. And so what that means is, well, you know from the first episode, to be grounded so that we can then plant the seeds of light and let them flourish for others to see and to take example from so that they too can flourish and radiate their light. So it's so interesting how this card is bringing us full circle from the beginning of this series, which was grounding and inviting us to plant the seeds, which is what I'm talking about today. So this is why Oracle and Tarot are so, um, important to me as far as divining tools go. They just are on time, all the time, and they never lie. <laughs> the cards never lie. So I'm going to read what the guidebook says here for Starkeeper. Hold on a second. I'm looking at Star Brothers, but no, I need Starkeeper. And that is, here we go. You're an ancient keeper of the stars. <gasps> I love that here to anchor and seed your light in your unique way. 
You've likely been incarnating on earth for some time, dedicated to an era of awakening and bringing about a long-awaited shift in the planet's evolution. We're at a tipping point now. The survival of earth and all its species is coming to a head. The more grounded you remain during this transitional period, the more helpful you'll be. The more you tend to the flames of your own heart, the more love you'll anchor into this planet. The wisdom of the stars is imprinted in your soul. The more soul fragments you call home, the more this wisdom is seeded here. Mm, see, listen to that. You've already got star power, literally, like the wisdom of the stars. And so you just need to plant that so it can be shared with all. Uh, you may be called to be in different places in the world to anchor this light perhaps by taking a trip or living in a certain location. You may also find yourself experiencing awakening symptoms. The more grounded you remain, the more stable Earth's energy will become and the less reactive humanity will be. So basically, we are the anchors. We are the grounders for the rest of the planet. How cool is that? You're here for a double mission to grow as an individual and as part of a larger collective that's bringing about a shift in frequency. Trust that you can be in the world, but not of it and lead a truly glorious life. So for your star seed activation, place the card on the portal of your heart and whisper the following. All right, pretend you have the card. I'm holding it on behalf of all of us, holding it to my heart. I acknowledge that I am a star keeper. I choose to anchor my light and stay grounded as possible. Hmm. So for those of you listening and you're like, what the heck is all that star keeper business? <laughs> Well, that's what this is, my friends. This is what we're talking about. When we talk about spirituality, we're talking about tapping into who we are being um, as far as our divine essence that comes from source. So the metaphor that I, the analogy that I like to use a lot is that we come, like, imagine the sun, right? And the sun is source. We are the rays of the sun. And you can't, when you, when you think about the sun, you don't want to look at it because you don't want to burn your eyeballs out. Um, <laughs> but when you look at the sun and you see the rays, you can't quite see the connection. You, first of all, you can't make out rays, right? Like they don't have a distinct shape. It's just light coming out from a source. That is what we are. We are the rays of source and you don't quite see where one begins and one ends, but you know that the light reading from the sun is not the sun. It is the light emitted from the sun. So we are that light. Okay. That is our divine self. So we are constantly, continually connected to source. And when I say source, it also means the universe. It means God, divine, all knowing, you know, whatever word you would like to use. I use all things interchangeably. And so we are part of source but we're, we're sort of extensions of source, right? And, and more, a lot of us have forgotten. A lot of us have lost our way. And so for those of us who vaguely remember, and I think it's those of you who are listening right now, we are like, all right, what do we do? <laughs> well, what this card is saying is that you already have the wisdom of the stars. You have the wisdom of the cosmic universe in you right? Imprinted on your soul. And so it is a matter of you being who you are called to be, whatever feels in alignment. Now, if you think about the previous parts of this series, right? We talked about grounding, we talked about opening and allowing, 
And then last week we talked about aligning and aligning, I said, was really something that you tuned into with our body. You know, does it feel good in the body? Does it feel right in your mind, in your soul, in your heart? And when you think about that, that is the wisdom that you carry, right? That's the wisdom. That's the knowing that you have accumulated over who knows how many lifetimes. And what do you do with that knowledge? Well, you be you. And that isn't easy for a lot of us because we have a lot of external messages that say, no, you need to fit in this box. No, what you're doing is wrong. No, what you're doing is cockamamie, (laughs) you know? And then we're like, oh, wait, should we be doing something else then? And so what happens is that's ego looking outside of your eyeballs to the external, looking to the external for affirmation, for validation. But we forget that we already have all that stuff within. So we need to close the eyes and come inside and feed into what knowledge or divine knowing we have within us so that we can then share our knowledge with the world. And how do we do that? Well, I mean, you can literally share it by doing like TED Talks or um, podcast episodes like I'm doing, Um, or you can simply just be who you are being, your divine self you know, do what you love, follow your passion. These are all phrases that we've heard and we're hearing more of more frequently now, you know, do what you love. Because what happens is that when you are stepping into who you're being, when you are honoring your divine light, everyone sees that. Everyone, you can't fool people, you know? I mean, you all know that. You know, you see people when they're trying to be fake. You can call them out, but even if you don't have any tangible evidence. You just know within you like, oh, that person's being so fake. Like, how do you know? Do you have hard evidence? No, you just sense it in their energy. Your intuition is guiding you and telling you "Mm -mm, that there's some misalignment there. And so because we have these guidance systems within us, right, that help us know when we are aligned or misaligned, we can perceive that in others as well. Okay. So what is being called of us is to just be who we are because who we are being becomes the example that everyone can follow. It's like, oh, that person is following their dream. Amazing. It's possible. I can do that. You know, there's this um, one Instagram account that I follow, Manifestation Babe, and she, Catherine Zenkina, is um, is phenomenal. She's amazing. She's following her life's calling and she's living out loud and she's posting it publicly and, you know, the teachings that she has are amazing. And there are naysayers, you know, they're like, Mm-mm, you know, don't, how dare you talk about that much money? How dare you talk about luxury? How dare you show us, you know, all of these things that a lot of people can't afford, but her, her philosophy and her intention, and I'm with her on this is that she's showing us what is possible beyond what we're familiar with, because we don't know what we don't know until someone shows us differently, right? I say this all the time. How are you going to know what's beyond your realm of knowledge until you go outside of that, until you get uncomfortable, until you see others doing something entirely different from what you're used to? So when I came across her account, I was like, what? Wow, that's possible. That is amazing. I mean, you should hear her story. It's just like blows me away. So 
there there's that you know you you follow people and look at to people who are in their passion who are following their true calling their hearts delight i want to say you know i think about like my dear friend ross ross gay he is doing that you know he's a poet he's following his true heart's delight and he's teaching and he loves that and everything about him lights up i mean he is just like you know like light embodied if you ever met him it's like oh my god this this guy is so like endearing like you know there's such affection for him because he is radiating who he is who his who his essence is um and so that's what this invitation is in this episode okay we've we've gone through these stages of self-awareness right we we, well if we use meditation as our our example right we ground ourselves we want to anchor ourselves in our bodies and who we are being then we allow ourselves to open open to receive love to receive guidance just to receive but we need to allow for that to happen so when the love comes from the universe when the messages are sent to us we need to soften and allow for them to come in because we're just because we're open doesn't necessarily mean we're going to receive it, you know? Um, and I talked a little bit about this in previous episodes. So we need to focus on creating awareness around what is preventing us from softening or allowing. And then we move to aligning, you know, creating awareness around our alignment. And here we go with the dog again, this dog. Hey, this dog is really like, <laughs> I tried putting her in a different room and she was like, I'm not having it. I'm like, okay, just be quiet. I'm trying to record. (laughs) I guess she forgot. Anyway, um, so we talked about aligning last week and using our bodies as a way to measure whether or not we are aligned or misaligned. And so once we have all these pieces in place, we can then create what we are being called to create. We can plant the seeds of our light, of what our inner wisdom is, you know, like my inner wisdom is cartwheels. (laughs) I talk about that all the time. I just love, I just love cartwheels. And I'm very, I'm surprised by how many people don't, by how many people are like, I've never done a cartwheel before. I'm like, what? Were you never a kid? You know? Um, And then, you know, I talk to adults and they're like, nope, never done one. And they're scary. I'm like, what's so scary about that? Like, I, I think it's like the most fun freeing thing ever. And I meet adults who are like, Mm-mm, I don't think so, right? So I'm planting my seeds of cartwheel knowledge and joy in the earth so that they can then bloom and sprout and inspire people to then try cartwheels for themselves. Now that's that's like a lighthearted example, but this is what I mean by creating and planting. You know, once you have that awareness around what beliefs are holding you back, what patterns are holding you back, identifying the root of those things and uprooting them, tossing them out of your garden, saying, hey, you know, you're not dead roots. You're out of here. This is not good for the soil. So I'm going to dig you up and then I'm going to like discard you. I'm going to burn you in a, in a release ritual, burning ceremony. Um, And then you till the soil and then you plant the seeds. So what are you going to plant? What seeds do you want to see come to fruition? You know, one of the one of the popular ones lately going around the internets is manifesting money, right? Which is so interesting because I came across an account on um, 
TikTok and she was like, y'all are doing it wrong. Manifesting. I'm going to say something that's like wildly controversial. Like you're doing it wrong. Don't manifest money. And I was like, hmm, that's an interesting take. But she had a point. Manifesting money isn't really what you want. What you want are the things that money can get you, right? So you want to go on a retreat, for example, you need money for that, but you don't want to manifest the money because you're just going to keep manifesting the money to pay the bills and whatever. And the money's just not going to be, it's, you got to think of money as a tool. So you got to think about manifesting the thing and the experiences that you desire, which then the pieces will align. The money is a process. At least this person is saying, and I, I agree with her to, um, to an extent that money is a process through which you get to the thing that you want, that your heart desires. So I thought that was, that was interesting, but all this to say, plant the seeds of what you desire. You know, what do you, what do you want in your life? Because what you desire was put there by source as, as little seeds of guidance toward leading little seeds that guide you towards being your most authentic and higher self. They're almost like the little breadcrumbs that Hansel and Gretel would, you know, leave a trail, which, you know, didn't work out so good for them, but you get the idea, right? Source has put little breadcrumbs in your heart and said, this is what you desire. Go follow those desires and you will find the evolution necessary for you to continue to expand and become your most divine self. So what is in your heart's desire? Plant those seeds. Create awareness around what it is you desire. And ask yourself, is, do I desire this because I really desire this? Or is it because society wants me to desire this? You know, like, ooh, I want, I want a... Hold on a second. Does... The, okay, so let's say I want a job. All right, I want like a nine-to-five job after I graduate from college. Is that what I really want? Or is that what society is telling me I want? You see the difference versus I want to start a business where I can teach people how to do cartwheels. That's it. That's all I want to do. Now, that is an interesting thing because for whatever reason, I love cartwheels. Am I going to start a business around it? Really? no, <laughs> because, because I could just think about the liabilities of that and all this other stuff. I can hold like a workshop or something to teach y'all how to do cartwheels, but making it an official business, that's, that's something else. But here's the thing. Desires don't necessarily have to be the thing that you make a living off of. So maybe you do get the nine to five to pay the bills and such, but your true heart's desire is cooking. You love to cook. You love to experiment with certain flavors, certain kinds of foods, different methods of cooking. And so what you do is you work the nine to five to pay the bills, to get money, to buy the tools you need to cook the things that you want to cook or to take classes or whatever it is. And you don't have to necessarily do anything with it. You don't have to create a business from that. You don't have to make money off of it. You are doing what your heart desires. You're doing what you love. And that is enough. And people will notice that in your beingness. And they're like, hey, what are you doing different? Like, did you cut your hair? Did you get new clothes? No, I just started cooking because that was something I always wanted to do. People are like, what? No way. And then it might be like, hey, I want to come over. When are you going to have a dinner party? I want to try all this great food that you're making. <laughs> you see what I mean? 
So it doesn't have to be the be all end all. You know, I used to think that I used to think like whatever I create has to be the thing, the thing, capital T, capital T, (laughs) capital the capital thing. And it doesn't have to be. It could be just simply following your heart's desire. You know, you feel like painting a picture. Go ahead, do it. Whatever your heart's desire, follow it. But know that it doesn't have to be the thing that your life is built around. It could just be small things that allow for you to shine your light in whatever it is that you do. So I just wanted to make that distinction. All right, my friends. So that wraps it up for our five-part series in Self-Awareness August. I hope that this has been helpful, insightful for you to think about how meditation helps create the awareness around those pieces that we talked about over the five, the five past episodes. So we've got grounding, opening, allowing, or softening, also known as a softening, aligning, and creating, which is also planting seeds. So take note of that. And hopefully y'all were able to participate in the um, Mindful Monday, August meditation class. Um, I hope that you were able to add more richness to the experience of listening to this podcast by participating in the meditation classes. Um, So anyway, I am going to read a poem by... Maggie Smith, and this is called, I'm just kind of flipping, and I was like, hmm, which one do I like? (laughs) I know it should just be random, but I'm looking at titles, and I like, I like titles. So The Crows, Maggie Smith from her book, Good Bones, this is called The Crows. The girl was not born on the mountain, but she had witnessed enough birds, oh, sorry, enough births to know she would rather be cut from a long, unspooling roll of shadow than pulled from another's body, screaming and slick an animal. She chooses to believe the crows scissored her into being, furiously cutting her shape long and lean with their sharp cries. Where have they flown off to, the ones who made her from nothing? The girl can throw her voice so far. No one will find it. Oof. Man. mm, That was kind of haunting. That was kind of haunting. And I'm like, what? I don't know. I just, I'm like, do we, do we end on that note? I, I don't, (laughs) I don't know if I want to. But this is what we've got. I'm looking for another poem because I can't leave it on that note. It was just too haunting for me. So I am going to read another a poem by um by my friend Melissa Crow from her book Dear Terror, Dear Splendor. This one is called One Reason to Stay. And hey, you look, two poems. It's like a bonus episode. All right, so this is called One Reason to Stay. Yes, I'm still hungry. Last night, in a dream, I ate fists of flour, dry, white, caking my mouth till I couldn't breathe. But listen, 
Whoever tells you 16 is the time of your life is wrong. 16 was a bathtub of busted tile, can of pig meat from Catholic charity, mother dying, father fishing, boy after sweaty boy with his fingers at the buckle of my jeans. 16 was mean. I tried to sleep through it, but the alarm kept going off. Now there are nights I can't sleep at all for the worry. Bills, breast lumps, cracks in the cellar walls. But it's two dozen years since I locked the bathroom door and penknifed my forearms, the thin skin of my thighs. Since I traced the blue wrist line, I might cut if one more fool told me it doesn't get any better. It did, in a million ways I can't say because the language of 40 and 16 have so few words in common. I can tell you this. Last night, I woke choking to find a warm man willing to scoop the ghost flower from my mouth with a kiss. <sighs> mm, so beautiful. Haunting also, but beautiful ending. <laughs> All right, my friends, and on that note... The divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. If you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, grab my free seven-day meditative challenge, Spark Joy in Chaos. By signing up for my newsletter, will be more light to your inbox. Go to suryagiyan.com slash subscribe.